the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on this Monday. It's the 10th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. We're going to make it a very good day today because we're going to have a very good show for you with a couple of tremendous guests. Coming up in about a half an hour, we will talk with Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, and subject of some inquiries, if you will, from the subject of some inquiries, if you will, from the January 6th Select Committee. And, of course, I speak of Jim Jordan. Congressman Jordan has been asked to come and talk to the select committee. It's kind of interesting because he was more than willing to talk to and with the select committee as a member of the select committee. They booted him. Nancy Pelosi said he and Jim Banks from Indiana can't be on the select committee. They denied the Republicans the right to select their own members of the committee. Now they want to hear from him? Now they want to ask him questions about January 6, 2021? Jim Jordan has responded with a letter, one that essentially tells Nancy Pelosi what to do with her gavel. (laughs) Uh, 
he will not be appearing before the select committee. He will tell you why. He will tell you what was in his letter. I may steal a little bit of that thunder and share some of it with you before that. But that's coming up at 935. Very much looking forward to hearing from Congressman Jim Jordan, as we do each and every Monday. Then at Dr. At, at, doctor, at 1010, uh, a doctor, a very special guest, uh, someone I've been looking forward to speaking to for a long time. This will be my first time doing so. Dr. Carol Swain. Maybe you know her. Maybe you don't. She is one of the most brilliant um, political uh, and and philosophical minds working today in American political punditry. She is a um, an award winning political scientist, former professor of poli sci and professor of law at Vanderbilt. You probably see her on Fox News from time to time. Doctor Carol M. Swain has written a tremendous piece on critical race theory about how critical race theory is not our only concern. Critical race theory, Dr. Swain says, is a tip of the iceberg, or is the tip of the iceberg. Get ready for other critical theories to be pushed forward in American, uh, the American workplace and, of course, and most importantly, in American schools, from K all the way up through college. So Dr. Carol Swain will be joining us. Jim Jordan and Dr. Carol Swain. Uh, coming up on the program today. I want to start by uh, welcoming people who maybe weren't around for last week and certainly weren't around maybe for last Tuesday, our first live show of the year. Uh, we have rebranded our show uh, from the authority to always write on AM 1420 The Answer. This is who we are, and this is what we are. And you can take that however you want. There's a double meaning there. It's intended uh, on both levels. Uh, we are always going to be on the right side of things because that is the constitutional side of things, as opposed to the left side of things, which, of course, are the let's shred the Constitution and rebuild a dystopia um, socialist nightmare in this country. We are always going to be right in that regard. We are also always going to be correct because we are bringing you facts that are very well sourced and cited and researched. Even the opinions we bring you are going to be rooted deeply in facts, and this is something that you can count on. Always right, all the time, here on AM 1420, The Answer. So make sure you tell people about us, if you don't know, or if they don't know, rather, uh, where they can go to hear the best in uh, conservative news and thought that is always right, in every sense of the word right. Let people know. I want to start before we get to our Pledge of Allegiance even. No, let me take that back. Let me do, the, do our pledge, and then we'll, we'll talk about what I, uh, uh, what I wanted to lead with here. So please, patriots, go ahead as you do each and every uh, day on this broadcast. Rise for me where you are. If you have a flag nearby or outside somewhere, maybe a neighbor does, see if you can see it out your window and face it. If you can, put your hand on your heart and join us for the pledge. If you are a radical leftist, uh, and we know that simply means Biden voters, CRT supporters, BLM supporters, Marxism supporters, etc., etc., etc. If you believe that Justice Sonia Sotomayor was right to lie explicitly about COVID-19 data, statistics, while questioning witnesses and attorneys during the Biden mandate hearings at the Supreme Court last week, if you think Justice Sonia Sotomayor is a good justice, pretty sure you don't want to be standing for the Pledge of Allegiance right now. You'd prefer to take a knee alongside your favorite quarterback and other Marxists. So go ahead and do that while the rest of us say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, 
indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, I'll get to uh, Sonia Sotomayor as quickly as I can, but I just want to do this real fast. I want to say thank you to um, some people for a great event on Saturday. You know, about every Thursday, Friday, uh, I get a phone call from Lisa Woods or somebody else representing Lisa and Medina County Friends and Neighbors telling me about the guest that is coming up uh, twice a month on Saturdays uh, at uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors. And uh, this particular past Saturday, I was the guest. And uh, it was honored to speak. And I just wanted to say thank you to Lisa. I want to say thank you to all the candidates who came out there as well and uh, gave little pitches to the crowd for their candidacy for the various offices for which they are running. I wish I had had a chance to shake some hands and uh, talk a little bit more to some of those candidates in person. But the way the schedule went, well, they understand it. And uh, people who were there probably understand it, too. But at any rate... I spoke uh, on Saturday in Medina, and it was about a year since I spoke last January in Medina at Medina County Friends and Neighbors, talked about how what our goal was, was to, and I kind of just made a little quip and asked everybody if their arms are tired yet from treading water for the last calendar year, because I told them in January of 2021 to just tread water, don't sink, don't allow yourself to drown in the blue sea of hypocrisy and uh, and and uh, and socialism, just tread water, stay afloat until 2022, when we'll have a chance to save it all, to save the republic, to return the republic to its constitutional founding by winning the midterm election. So, I brought it up again on Saturday, and and I reminded everybody what I said was just work hard to keep. Um, a good relationship with one or two moderate Democrat senators, the Joe Manchins, Kristen Cinemas of the world, and let's know that they're going to vote most of the time with their Democratic brethren. But they may be convinced to stop and not support the most radical of legislation. So I know some of this is repetitive, and I apologize for that. But don't you know? Don't fret on every little spending bill that they pass. Don't fret on everything. We're going to lose some of those votes. Because it's 50-50 and Kamala Harris is going to break ties. We talked about it. I'm not breaking any new ground here. But we talked about don't uh, just work hard and hope and tread water that we can stop, you know, have ask a Joe Manchin to be just one vote, because that's all it takes is one, to stop, let's say, packing the courts. It might take just one vote to stop, let's say, creating new states out of Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. One vote to stop the passage of a Green New Deal legislation. One vote to stop the nuking of the filibuster, which, of course, would then change things to only need one vote in very serious pieces of legislation. All of these things, passing voting rights, federal voting rights, all of these things were kind of what the greatest fears we had were when we found out we had a Biden president and a Democrat-controlled House and even through a tiebreaker vice president, Democrat-controlled Senate. And that was our greatest concern, is that all of those things were going to happen. Well, they are still a concern, but for the first year, everything kind of went according to plan, with the exception of the trillions of dollars wasted on COVID uh, relief that isn't even providing relief. But $5 trillion to battle COVID in, in the last you know calendar year, actually year and a half, um, you know, it, it, other than that, things have pretty much gone according to plan as we tread our water. They haven't broached anything really approaching the most serious legislation we just talked about, with the exception of Build Back Better, the Socialist Dream Bill, which is the kind of the starter kit for the Green New Deal, 
And Joe Manchin killed that before Christmas and said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to vote for it. He announced it so that they wouldn't even have to bring it to the Senate floor. Now, it probably will eventually have to go to the Senate floor to get everybody's vote on record. But the point is, that was one of the biggest ones that I told you we really had to just pray and hope that a moderate Democrat holds the line on, and Manchin did. That brings us current. As I talked to the folks in Medina, great patriots out there, by the way, uh, as we talked about this, the next big thing is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. It's the attempted federalization of the vote, of, of voting in this country. Our founding fathers gave the states the right to set the election standards, to decide how the elections will be run, what method, what days are allowed, early voting, what requirements, all the nine, you know, whole nine yards. Every state can set their own. Well, after the, and I will continue to call it this, I don't care how much Hugh Hewitt hates it or disagrees with it, or anybody on the left hates it or disagrees, disagrees with it. It was a stolen election. We all watched it play out in real time uh, in November of 2020. But ever since, of course, that, there have been just a slew, I want to say somewhere between 15 and 18 different states, strengthen their voting laws to, to limit the opportunity for fraud. Extraordinarily important. And, of course, the left calls that voter suppression, et cetera, et cetera. They think, they think voter ID requirements are racist and voter suppression, uh, limited uh, uh, early voting, mail-in voting, ballot harvesting, drop boxing, anything that stops those things. Um, or limits them is considered an attempt to stop democracy, to stop, you know, the voting process, to censor, suppress the vote, etc. Now these people are insane. Uh, those who say this, but this is the reality of it. And now I'm bringing all this up now because of you know the January sixth holiday that the Democrats celebrated last week. On January 6th, it was a national holiday for them, not a day for memorializing, not a day for, you know, sad, somber remembrance. When we talk about the protest turned into a riot at Capitol Hill, and it was a riot, it was not an insurrection, it was not a planned coup d'etat, it was a riot. People broke things, people stole things, people fought with police officers. All of those are terrible and bad. No one will dispute that. They were bad things. But they're looking to turn those bad things into worse things, into insurrection things, into coup things. And they're doing so for one reason. To declare the Republican Party and its candidates the enemy of democracy. Now, I'm going to forgive the left's continued erroneous usage of the word democracy as uh, the description of this country, as a, as a nation. We are not a democracy. We are a representative republic, a constitutional republic. True democracies allow a vote, a referendum of everybody on every little thing. Representative republics allow the people to choose representatives to speak for them and cast their votes for them. Uh, you know, on legislative matters and so on and so forth. You know the difference. The Democrats don't. They continue to call what happened on January 6th an attack on our democracy. Now, if you do want to use the democracy in the correct way, you can talk about it as the su- the system of our voting. Fine. Then it's that part of it is the democratic process. The the manner in which we hold our elections is our democracy. So in that sta- from that standpoint, 
let's address what the Democrats have said. They've called it an assault and an attack on our democracy. And that means that the people responsible for it don't want free and fair elections. Those who wanted to overturn, by way of insurrection, an actual, what they call free and fair election, on January 6, 2020, representing Donald Trump and Republicans everywhere, those people who wanted to overturn the election results don't want free and fair elections anymore. That's why they have passed in all of these states new, stricter election laws. So they're weaponizing 1-6, January 6th, as the pretext to push forward and pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which would take all of those new strengthened laws, shoring up the voter rolls, purging the voter rolls of dead voters, people who have moved out of state, people who have moved to a new address but are now registered in two different uh, uh, precincts, etc., All of those laws then would then be repealed because the states don't make the rules anymore. The federal government will decide the election rules, how they're conducted in all 50 states. So this is one of the big boys. Going back to my original point here, this is what I talked to the people in Medina about somewhat on Saturday for some of my talk. This January 6th embarrassment, and it really was embarrassing, that we saw this past week with Joe Biden speaking for 40 minutes and just not talking about America, not talking about the issues we face, spending 40 minutes bashing his predecessor, Donald Trump, and Donald Trump supporters, screaming about the big lie and screaming about insurrections and attacks on democracy and so on and so forth. This wasn't just for the sake of Kabuki theater. It was also with as part of an agenda. Make the Democrats, or the Republicans rather, appear to be unelectable. Make it appear as though they don't want free and fair elections. Therefore, we have to take this out of their hands at the state level and federalize the Voting Rights Act. Federalize all elections in the United States. Now, there was a time where you might have thought that's a good idea, actually, because look at what some of the blue states do. Look at some of the ridiculous things that they do, the rules that they put in place so people can cheat and commit fraud. Maybe we should federalize it. Well, that might be a decent idea if the federalization of the of the uh, uh, voting rights was going to require photo ID in all 50 states, not allow mail-in balloting outside of uh, obvious um, absentee ballots that have been around forever for people serving overseas and people who are out of the country or away from their homes, college students voting, but they're living in a different place because of the college, et cetera, et cetera. Absentee ballots are fine. Universal mail-in voting is, of course, not. So for some people, you might say, hey, let's federalize. I thought this for a little while. Let's federalize it. If we did mandate that all of the things that secure elections and provide free and fair elections were put in place. But the reality is, even if you did such a thing, Sooner or later, the pendulum will swing, the tide will turn, the other party will be in power, and then they will change those federal election laws and allow rampant, widespread fraud. So that's why the Founding Fathers, anticipating this, knowing this, said, each state shall set its own election rules. So all of that is a long way towards saying, and I'm going to talk to Jim Jordan about this at 9.35, the Democrats are, are in for just a brutal brutal midterm election 
Over 24 of them have announced they're not running for re-election. 24 House Democrats have already said, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be around when the Republicans take over. I mean, it's amazing. The number of incumbent Democrats who are not going to defend their seats. So it's going to be wide open seats. It is a brutal, brutal midterm election that awaits them in November. If we have free and fair elections. Which is exactly why it's so crucial that we continue to push back against this effort through the January 6th narrative to federalize the vote. All right. That's a little longer than I wanted to go in the monologue, but some very important stuff that you need to be aware of what's going on right now. We've got a lot of great information for you and a conversation with Jim Jordan coming up, too, on AM 1420 The Answer. Building back bigger. Bigger and better and stronger. Always right with Bob France. Sometimes they say huge. On AM 1420. Really large. Building back Bigger. Bigger and better and stronger. Always right with Bob France. Sometimes they say huge. On AM 1420. Really large. The answer. Okay, 928, Jim Jordan coming up. Dr. Carol Swain coming up after the top of the hour. And of course, I want to hear from you at every opportunity on Always Right. 216 901 888-281-1110. Charlie in Westlake was in Medina on Saturday. I saw Charlie again, and he's now on the line on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Charlie, go ahead. Hey, Bob. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Great great event on Saturday. I think there was supposed to be a protest down in Columbus, but I think the cold might have stopped that. No, they great did. Event they, no, no, they had it. It wasn't huge. I think there were a few dozen people there. I saw a picture uh, of a bunch of them gathered there in front of the state house. Um, I'd probably say just based on looking at the picture, maybe four or five dozen of them. Uh, so it wasn't uh, you know a massive event, but they went out there. Yeah, the plan for me was to go down there, but the cold did turn, change my mind. Sure. You know, I'm thinking a lot of these Democrats, these lefties, are are desperate now because they know once we the Republicans take control of the House, the investigations, the real investigations of the vote of the election of all the shenanigans that will go on, and people will go to jail. No one's going to jail on the left for this uh, this fraud, but this is what's coming, and I think that's why a lot of them are retiring. They're just they're running for the hills. I'm, I'm watching it. Well, that's not going to stop um, You know, the investigations. They can retire if they want, but if they were complicit in any way in any of the things that you're talking about that the investigation is going to uh, look into, uh, they're going to they're gonna be held accountable anyway. But I think you're right, Charlie. I've been saying that what they're doing, and thanks for the call, my friend, and thanks for coming out on Saturday. I've been saying that what um, you know the Democrats are doing here to try to pass you know this federal election law, et cetera, Voting Rights Act, as they call it, it's just because they're afraid of losing power. It's not just that, though. It's because of what it means for them to lose power. It, 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 there will be investigations. Jim Jordan, who will join me in a few minutes, has told me that. There will be investigations into a number of things, including investigating Nancy Pelosi, and as to why no extra security was put outside the Capitol, which President Trump requested. He suggested the National Guard be out there. 
who and what made the decisions and why to allow things to happen the way they did, for example, on January 6, 2021. That's going to be an investigation in and of itself. Forget about this select uh, committee investigation that's going on about the quote-unquote insurrection. Why was there no extra security there when it was actually requested by the president? There are going to be investigations up one side and down down the other. Uh, They're going to put a whole lot of Democrats in a whole lot of very, very compromising positions over the course of, uh, you know, the the, the two years of this uh, Republican rule uh, once they take over in November. And that's why. You're right. That is one of the reasons why. They're not just afraid of losing power. They're afraid of jail cells. Jim Jordan will join me after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. Amid the liberal chaos. Always right with Bob Frantz on AM 1420. The answer. Yeah, you know what it means. Always right. That means never left. It also means never wrong. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. It's 937. And as it is 937 on a Monday, it means it's time to check in with Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, and thorn in the side of the January 6th Select Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, Morning, Bob. I'm doing fine. Yourself? I'm great. Thank you. Um, I'm even better now that I read your letter. <laughs> to, uh, I, I guarantee you I enjoyed it a lot more than the committee did uh, when you sent your letter in response to their request for your uh, cooperation. I, I asked you this last week when we spoke, and I want you to go a little bit deeper onto it now. You know, if they really were interested in what you had to say, they wouldn't have booted you and Jim Banks from the select committee. They wouldn't have said, hey, Republicans, you don't get to select your members of this committee because they might ask questions that we right. don't want to have answered or we don't want to have to answer. If they wanted to hear from you, they could have by allowing you to serve on the committee. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly right, Bob. First time in American history where the minority leader of either party was not allowed to uh, have on a select committee those individuals that he or she had selected. First time in the history of the country, and we talked about this last week, the number of other precedents and norms and principles that the Democrats are violating. I mean, they've kicked Republicans off committee. They've closed the Congress. They've announced, allowed proxy voting. They're trying to end the filibuster, trying to end the Electoral College, trying to pack the courts, trying to nationalize elections. And, and as we pointed out, this particular committee has altered documents and lied to the American people. So, uh, that's sort of the track record of these folks. But, yeah, never in the history of the United States Congress have they not allowed the minority leader to place on a select committee those individuals that he or she selected. All right. Now, having said all of that, now they have requested that you come and talk to them and answer questions about what you know and what your correspondence was with Donald Trump on January 6th, 2021. Uh, part of your response, quote, Your attempt to pry into the deliberative process informing a member about legislative matters before the House is an outrageous abuse of the Select Committee's authority. You also warned it would set a dangerous precedent for future Congresses. Can you explain that? Well, look, first of all, we should back up a second. Every Mm -hmm. single time a Republican has won the presidency this century, Democrats have objected to counting the electors. They objected on January 6, 2001. They objected on January 6, 2005. They objected on January 6, 2017. In fact, on January 6, 2017, they objected to more states than Republicans objected to on January 6, 2021. So th- th- this is 
that, that's part of the process. That's, that's a constitutional duty, and by statute, we're supposed to count the electors on that particular day. So they did that. We didn't ask that, uh, about the deliberative process they went into on making the decision to object on those particular dates. So this is, this is fundamentally about separation of powers and about the operation of the legislative branch, that you, you're, the deliberative process, you are not allowed to pry into that, get into that. And so we point that out in the letter. Plus, we point out a bunch of other interesting things, like the fact that they've already been on record misleading the American people numerous times about what they're doing. And particularly in my situation, they altered a document. You, you, you falsify evidence, you change evidence in a courtroom, you're in big trouble. They did that. So we point those things out as well uh, in the letter we sent to Chairman Thompson. Can, I want to marry this, uh, the select committee and what they're doing to you, what they're doing to uh, former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in trying to paint you as being obstructionist and not interested in honesty and transparency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, by not talking uh, to this committee. I want to marry that to the actual ceremonies or whatever you want to call them that they held on January 6th last week. Uh, the Joe Biden speech, the Kamala Harris speech, first of all, the insanity of claiming that yeah. an event that was a protest that did turn into a riot, like we have seen hundreds of times in cities across this country, protests that then become violent, uh, things get smashed, <laughs> things get stolen, police officers get attacked. That's wrong no matter who's doing it. I don't dispute that. Right. I know you don't either. But they used that, uh, that event to compare to Pearl Harbor and 9-11, number one, and then number two, what it sounds like they're trying to do, Congressman, is they're trying to paint the Republican Party as being anti-free and fair elections and anti, uh, uh, um, or rather, uh, supportive of uh, attempts to suppress minority votes. And therefore, yeah. since the Republicans were responsible for the insurrection, as they call it, they can't be trusted to set their own voting rights or and voting rules in states, and they're using it to pass the John Lewis uh, uh, Voting Rights Act through the United States Senate. Did I did I read all of that well, right? Yeah, you're 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 right. That's what they're trying to do. I don't think they're going to be successful. I, I don't think. Uh, God bless Senator Manchin, Senator Sinema, and others. I think they're going to say no to the filibuster. When say no to the changing the filibuster rule, then they're not going to be able to get this nationalized federalizing election law, which is just flat out contrary to the Constitution. And it's amazing to me, the party that, that's vital in a presidential campaign, the party that spent four years trying to overturn President Trump's election, the party that did impeachment in secret, who's kicked Republicans off committee, trying to end the filibuster, trying to pack the court, trying to get rid of the Electoral College, trying to destroy executive privilege, they're the party that says, oh, we're actually the, the one who favors democracy? Give me a break. So I think that, that is, that is a... Uh, it's just ridiculous to hear that that argument come from uh, uh, the Democrats. And then to to the vice president's speech, I mean, the, comparing to Pearl Harbor and 9-11, it's like, tell that to, I said this the other day, uh, or last week in an interview, tell that to the granddaughter who's, whose grandfather, uh, you know, gave his life for our country in World War II. Tell that to, uh, tell that to the firefighter. Uh, the son of a firefighter who went into one of the towers on 9-11. Or, or frankly, I said this last week, how, how about the 13 families, the 13 families who lost a loved one this summer in, in, in Afghanistan? Tell that to all them. And for the, for the vice president to say that when she was the one in the summer of 2020 raising money, help, raising, help to raise money to bail people out of jail who were attacking law enforcement, I think the American people thought you know, that was ridiculous to hear what she said. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. And you know what? I'm going to go a little out of order here on what I was going to talk to you about next because you just brought that up. You know, Kamala Harris notoriously helped publicly on Twitter. It's it's it's, it's public record. 
um, tried to raise money, as you said, to bail out protesters, i.e. rioters, as you say, who attack police officers. Um, yesterday was Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, I believe. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do a whole show on it because it happened, happened to me on a Sunday. But, um, you know, how, how does yeah. that show support for law enforcement when you are literally raising money for the people to help the people who attack cops get out of jail, perhaps so they can, I don't know, go attack more cops? Yeah. I mean, they don't even, the, the, the Biden administration, the Democrats in, in Congress, they don't even want to talk about the crime problem. Uh, and, and you can sort of understand why, because when, when you defund the police, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. When you, uh, when you spend an entire summer uh, saying that, that rioters and looters are actually peaceful protesters, the very people who were attacking law enforcement, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. And when you get rid of bail, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. So the Democrats normalized normalized uh, uh, violence, normalized crime in the summer of 2020. And I think this, this contributed to why uh, Mr. Banks and I weren't, weren't permitted to be on the select committee, because in, we, we kept asking the question, why wasn't there a better security presence there that day? I mean, right. You knew there was going to be a big crowd in town that day. You knew this rally was going to be huge. Why wasn't there a better security presence? And I think it boils down to the simple fact, when you spend an entire year normalizing crime, it's kind of tough then to bring the National Guard there for this particular day to help protect the United States Capitol. And I think, I think Pelosi didn't want us raising those, those questions, those concerns, and trying to get to the bottom of that and answer that question. And that's the main reason that we weren't allowed to be on the uh, on the select committee. All right. Now, I, I want to marry these two topics here, the law enforcement situation and, and uh, that you point out. I mean, first of all, you know, cops are being ambushed and attacked at, at, at record levels. There were more police officers attacked last yeah. year than at any other time. That continues to be the case. And let's marry that to left-wing DAs and judges who are, are letting, you know, setting low to no bail uh, and putting thugs back on the street while they await their trials. Now, I want to I want to yeah. take that and and marry that to January sixth, because Congressman Jordan, there are still about a hundred and thirty people who were arrested as a result of January sixth, who have been held now for a full calendar year without trial. Without bail, they're being denied their due process rights. Yep. They're being denied their right to a speedy trial. Many of them are being kept in conditions described by eyewitnesses as being, first of all, in isolation, and second of all, filthy, disgusting, and unhealthy, and, and, and they're sick. Um, what is being done at the congressional level? What is anybody doing to try to get some due process? I'm not saying that we have to treat these people yeah. as heroes if they broke the law on January 6th, but you can't hold somebody for a year without trial or opportunity to post bond so they can go home and await their trials, especially if they're going to put them off for a year. What's yeah. being done at the congressional yeah. level? Well, the, the, all, all that can be done from, from as, as the congressional, you know, in, in the legislative branch is we can, we can draw attention to it. We can, talk about like on shows like yours and, and conservatives and others around the country can, can highlight this position. But frankly, it shouldn't just be conservatives. I remember a day when the ACLU was defending the rights and, and the due process rights of all Americans, regardless of which side of the political aisle they may or may not fall on. Uh, we need to, as you point out, recognize this is about just fundamental due process. This is about a speedy trial, as, as you've talked about. And of course, we've said this, we've, we've, we're the ones who've been consistent. We've said, We've condemned the violence all along, and if people did wrong, they should be held accountable. But it should be done in accordance with our Constitution, in accordance with due process, in accordance with the fundamental fact that we're entitled to a speedy trial if you're an American citizen. So, yeah, we need to draw attention because, look, uh, 
in the end, it's about the Garland Justice Department. And one thing we have seen is there's a double standard there, and we've seen all kinds of crazy behavior from the Garland Justice Department. Just go ask moms and dads who now have the threat tag label put on them for the simple fact they showed up at a school board meeting and spoke out against some crazy curriculum. So we, we, we know that's the case. All we can do is highlight it, draw attention to it, and keep talking about the fundamental facts and, and, and the constitutional principles that are at stake here. Um, and we'll keep doing that. And then, you know, at, at some point, a few years off when President Trump runs and wins and we get a new Justice Department, uh, then we can do things in, a, in, a, in the proper fashion. Um, with all due respect, and you know that, how much respect I have for you, um, is enough attention being drawn to it? You know, I mean, it's been a year, and I, I haven't seen press conferences being held in front of D.C. jails where these people are being held by, you know, republic. You're right, by the way. It shouldn't be just conservatives. Democrats, liberals, yep. everybody should be concerned with the due process of law. Uh, these yep. people are being held there, and quite frankly, in the last 10, 12 months, people who call me every day, I give a speech on Saturday to a couple hundred people, people ask me there, Bob, why isn't anybody in Congress doing anything to help these people uh, you know, get their rights? Um, even if they did something wrong on, on January 6th, they have rights yep. and they're yep. being denied. I haven't heard a whole lot of people making noise. I haven't heard a whole lot of members of Congress publicly explaining to you know 300 million americans that this is wrong and this is happening i think people are just going along yeah. about their days because they don't know about this well I, we, we certainly have some of our our good members on on uh, on, on our uh, judiciary committee who have uh, been been focused on this issue and trying to draw attention to it we just got to keep it up um that, that, I mean, we just do uh, because as, as you rightly point out this is a fundamental constitutional principle and, and we have to highlight that, um, and we got to continue to do it. And then, frankly, we also got to point out the double standard that exists in the, in the Garland Justice Department uh, that exists with Democrats, uh, and continue to highlight that. And you've done that. We, we, when we talked about that with, with Mueller, with Trump, Russia, we, we talked about that with the school board situation. Uh, we, we have to highlight all these issues. I think the American people are, are getting it. Uh, we've talked about this numerous times. But just, to, just two months ago, we saw Glenn Youngkin win the governor's race in, in Virginia, and no one thought that could happen, but it was – Americans fed up with some of the crazy things they're seeing being done by the Biden administration and by the left that now controls the Democrat Party. And I think you're going to see more and more of that play out as we head into the uh, the midterm elections this November. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan as we do each and every Monday on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, last issue for you this morning. I know your time is tight. Uh, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments about the OSHA mandates, mandating that people choose jabs over jobs, or rather choose jabs in order to keep their jobs. It's insane. It's unconstitutional. But I'm not a Supreme Court justice. Clearly, I don't know as much about COVID and COVID statistics as, I don't know, somebody like uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor. I mean, obviously, she knows a lot more than the rest of us. What is your takeaway from that unbelievable display that we saw this past week uh, during that hearing? I don't. I don't know what to think. Like, how could someone be that far off? I, I, I mean, I guess maybe maybe she listens to Fauci. Maybe there's still a handful of people in this country who actually pay attention to the guy. I know. Um, you know, it makes it makes no sense. Think, think about. Think about this. I was I was uh, talking with someone the other day. Think about everything they've told us that's been wrong, right? Everything that they've, they've told, they, they they said it didn't come from a lab. Sure, it looks like it did. They said uh, it wasn't gain of function research that was that was being funded with your tax dollars. Sure, it looks like it was. They said 15 days to slow this. 15 days. They told us that masks work. We now have learned from all the experts that you know they don't. They they, they said it a couple a couple of weeks ago. They, they said there will never be a vaccine mandate. Well, for goodness sake, that's what the case is about in front of the court right now. Uh, both Biden administration, Jinsaki said there weren't going to wasn't going to be a vaccine. They told us that the vaccine uh, the vaccinated can't get it. They told us the vaccinated can't transmit it. And they've told us that oh no no natural immunity is not really there. 
So that, that's eight things they've been wrong on. So I, I don't know if you can believe anything these guys say now, but maybe Justice Sotomayor still is. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, all I know is that she's going to be one of the nine votes that decides uh, whether or not we have the right to bodily autonomy and medical freedom and whether or not we have a the government has a right to force medication into the bodies of people yeah. who are unwilling to do so at the expense of their 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 free enterprise, their their livelihoods, their jobs. And if she is that misinformed, I don't know how she doesn't recuse herself and not be a voting member of this decision. Is that something that's possible? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's let's hope the court. Uh, I mean, let's hope the court reaches the right decision because this seems to me like just as clear as could be that you can't have the federal government Im- imposing this kind of police power on the respective. You know, states can do this. The, the court has held that uh, the police power resides with states under our constitution, but for the federal government through OSHA to do it this way makes absolutely no sense. I I think the court's going to get to the right right decision. I certainly hope they do. Um, we'll, we'll just have to, you know, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. And hopefully it's sooner rather than later because uh, a lot of businesses mm-hmm. already started, uh, mm-hmm. you know, firing their people for not having the jabs because they're anticipating this being the actual law that was supposed to set in at the first week of January. So, all right, Congressman yeah. Jim Jordan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate bet, it very Bob. much. And, uh, congratulations, by the way, on that letter. I think you spoke for a lot of people who said, you know what, Mr. Jordan, please go tell that select committee to pound sand. It's a political committee, not an investigative committee. Thank you for doing that. You bet. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Right. There's Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 9.53. We've got a quick time out. We'll come back. I have time for some calls before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Science is always left. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. You need Always Right with Dr. Bob France. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. On AM 1420. When Dr. Science is always left. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. You need Always Right with Dr. Bob France. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. On AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 9.56. Thanks for being with us. Don't forget, thanks to Jim Jordan as well. Don't forget, coming up after the top of the hour, if you have never heard uh, Dr. Carol Swain or read her work, uh, you're in for a treat. You probably have seen her if you watch some of the same TV shows that I do, but Dr. Carol M. Swain is one of the... uh, most learned uh, political pundits working today. She's a political science professor. She is uh, uh, brilliantly versed in critical theory, not just critical race theory. And that's what her latest piece is about. Critical race theory is just the tip of the iceberg. All kinds of other critical theories are on their way, and they are going to indoctrinate your children and change the way they see the world, and perhaps you as well, if not challenged. So Dr. Carol Swain will join me at 1010 right after the top of the hour news. Tanya and Akron joins me right now on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Tanya, go ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, Good morning. You know, you were talking about uh, all the uh, 
Democrats who are not running for re-election again. We need to find out where their weasels are going because they might end up going back to local offices where they can, where the power base is. Because they, they could be a Trojan horse. So I would keep saying we need to find out who's running locally, weed them out, both Democrat and Rhino Republicans, because this will be our chance to make this, that, that stand. Do not let a Trojan horse come into your school board, your city council, and your county commissioner offices, because that's where our local power will be, because those are the ones that tend to try to get to state office. And we already have enough rhinos in the Republican committee in Columbus that have not supported us. Let's find out and get, get the right people in that are, one, American first, party second we want constitutional americans running for office that love this country i don't you know democrat republican rather see republicans because they align with my values but if i can find someone who says i love this country and i am an american versus everything else that dr swain is going to be talking about because once we lose our identity as americans then we're going to be divided up and look like Eastern Europeans. Wow. You know what? You're not wrong. That's a great analogy. And by the way, and thank you for the call, Tanya, I, I concur. People should pay attention to these resigning or, you know, leftist Democrats who are choosing not to run for reelection because they don't want to be swallowed up in the uh, red tsunami that is coming in November. Where do they go? Because the chances are they're not going back to work for a living. In the real world, the chances are they are going to look for offices and opportunities to make impacts in their local uh, communities, whether it be at uh, you know state representative or state senator races or uh, county commissioners and what ha- what have you. I think Tanya's exactly right. We do have to look, but um, do not underestimate the impact of all of these people fleeing. Though I mean, they see that Nancy Pelosi is going to lose that gavel; they're going to lose. All opportunity to continue their push for the socialist country that they are all supporting. And many of them, the longer they stay, the more uh, chance there is that they're going to be fingered for something that uh, that is going to be investigatory. Charlie called in earlier on and said there's going to be investigations that are being done by the new uh, uh, Republican-led uh, uh, committee chairs, they're going to they're going to start a whole bunch of investigations of a whole bunch of Democrats who did a whole lot of bad things. Now, resigning doesn't make them immune from prosecution or investigation, but you can see they're going to try to distance themselves as much as possible from the sinking ship. And I think that's extraordinarily important. I think the latest number was 24. It might be 25 or 6 now, but at least 24 uh, House seats that are currently held by Democrats are going to be up for grabs because they're not running for re-election. That should, should tell you something. Dr. Carol Swain will join me next on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.